Welcome to C3 Church Tabra. You're about to hear a message from our senior pastor, Bill Oldfield. Get ready to be inspired to live your best life. God is so good. The Lord is so good. Holy Ghost. Oh, Jesus. What I think I might do this morning is um, turn the sermon into like a prayer meeting almost. And uh, the the message is quite uh, prophetic and um, it it means a lot to me. But I think what we might do is um, pray it through. I might pull up at times dur- during it and we can pray and uh, pray it through because it, I believe it's a huge challenge um, of what God's trying to do on the planet and that is to introduce uh, this whole family deal, the reality of the church being a family. Um, you know, I'll explain later in the sermon but we've been other dimensions of the church. We've been, a, you know, an army, um, an assembly, um, but, you know, we need to get a handle of this called, uh, this, this, this whole reality called family. Uh, we're birthed uh, from a family, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Uh, we just wasn't birthed from God, the Father. But um, So one of the key things that, 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 that humanity struggle with is allowing themselves to be a family. Does that make sense? Uh, we're, we're keen to come along to church as an individual and maybe worship God as an individual and, um, and know God as an individual. But guess what? When you got saved, you got saved into a family. Um, some say that you can choose your friends, but you can't choose your family. Um, whether you like it or not, your brothers and sisters are all standing around you and you're going to meet with them in heaven and be with them in heaven and you should be with them right now. And Jesus explains that by saying, love each other, love each other, which again is another challenge. And uh, so I think we need to pray this through and, um, and really believe that, that what God is doing, um, especially through our church, is a powerful thing. And so, Father God, we stand before you. We stand before you in your presence. And we say, Lord God, help us in this challenge of being your family, of being brothers and sisters in Christ. So, Lord, right now, I just pray for the atmosphere to be conducive, to hear the truth, and for the truth to come home into our hearts, to abide in our hearts and produce the fruit of love, acceptance, and forgiveness with each other. And so, Lord Jesus, right now, we take the challenge to become your church, the church united to reveal your glory, as it says in John 17, that Jesus said, I wish they would be one, as I am one with you, Father, and you are one with me. May they be one, so that the world will know that the Father has sent the Son. And the saints say, Amen. God bless you. Awesome. Yes, musicians, you are great. You've done well, so well this morning.
Yeah, give it up for those guys. They so deserve it. So deserve it. Really, church is all about being a house of prayer. I mean, that's what it is. It's a house of prayer. I mean, where is everyone? Where, where is everyone? Did everyone go on holidays? No. Garth and um, Jamie up at Foster. And um, we went on a honeymoon in 84 December, first week of December. Uh, we went to Camp Elam. Does anyone know Camp Elam, the Baptist camp there? Someone shouted us our honeymoon there. It was fantastic. We didn't have a lot of money. So we ended up at Camp Elam on the Wallace Lake. Beautiful. Who knows the Wallace Lake? And um, I said to Jules, let's just go for a walk. She didn't realize about two hours later that we were going to walk from there to, um, to the southern end of Seven Mile Beach. And uh, <laughs> um, so we finally got done. I don't think Julie had walked that far in her entire life. <laughs> Julie's with the kids, by the way, this morning. She wants to check the program out and just have a look what's happening. Uh, guess what? Just as a side note, the biggest investment of your life is in the kingdom. But the biggest investment is in the children. And, and Julie's with the children now. We're making sure that the children, the children are precious to us. And, um, and we certainly just don't want to be a, a, a baby-minding service, and although there are babies that need to be minded. But we're praying that the Word, the seed, the, the Word of God that is supernatural, that they would take in the stories, take in the Word, and that would begin to live in them, and that would produce fruit, the love, the joy, the peace, the patience, the kindness, the faithfulness, the long-suffering, all that, you know, all that would start to manifest. Imagine having a child walking around with that sort of stuff. The love, the joy, the peace, the patience, the kindness, the goodness. The, you know, imagine that. I mean, that would be problem solved. The jails would be empty. Uh, the, the juvenile justice system would be... Tim would, driver would be out of, out of, out of a job. And, um, <laughs> and this is important to us. The Word of God. It's the Word of God that God rules by His Word. So let me just back it up a little bit. I'm talking about the church. I'm talking about kingdom family. But I talked about two main dimensions of the church. Donna, how are you doing? You're doing well? Give it up for Tim and Donna. They've, re they've come back home. Wasn't that amazing? You read that, wrote that. They're long-term members. Okay, you don't know who they are. Long-term long friends. And uh, Tim and I used to work at Juvenile Justice, looking after the boys with uh, overdue library books up there. And... Uh, <laughs> and um, and, and so Tim and I worked for a number of years up there and got to know each other. And, um, and of course, uh, yeah, we've got... They joined our church very... When we birthed the church in 96, uh, we pioneered the church in Cutler Drive uh, School Hall. And uh, Tim and Donna were there with us for a while. And they were, I believe, just such an asset to us. I, I don't know if I've ever told you that, guys, but you were such a blessing to us. You were giving and uh, you were praying and Tim was on the guitar helping us worship and uh, we appreciate you guys for helping pioneer this church. Give it up for these guys. Amen. <laughs> but um, I should finish the other story, shouldn't I? So I've done this two two-hour walk with Julie, and we ended up at, I don't know if you know, know it, but it's Green Cathedral, Tiona. Beautiful, isn't it? You walk through the wooded, you know, the, this, this, like, like 
jungle uh, and you walk through and on the lake someone has built a natural cathedral and there's a pulpit there and I had my camera with me uh, and so I said Julie hey check the pulpit out look at the and there was these seats bench seats uh, uh, and 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 I, I said hey take a picture of me like like I'm preaching and this is this is before we'd even start the church even before I even had the gumption to go public for God, all right? So this is totally mucking around. I said, take a picture of me, Jules. And I raced up behind this wooden made thing and I, I said, pretend I'm preaching. I stood there like that. Julie snapped a photo. And, and years later, that was in 84, years later, 96, uh, it was a reality. So be careful mucking around doing stuff because it could come to pass. Um, but, uh, and that photo is hanging up in my office and I love it. I'll go back a little bit. Say hi to our podcast listeners. People are listening to us out there, so we, we better, be, better be good. Um, two fundamental things of the church I think we need to, to, to re- reiterate again is that the church is um, about the Word of God. It's about the truth of the Gospel, the Word of God. God rules through His Word. When people abdicate from the Word, chaos. In the beginning was chaos, right? On the planet, it was just nothing. And then God spoke and light, creation. He just kept on speaking and things started to, to come into existence in a most beautiful way and... It was supposed to be a beautiful planet and we were supposed to be beautiful people through the, obeying the word of God. God said, don't eat, the, eat of the tree, don't eat that one, tree of good and evil. Once we abdicated, once we rebelled, we found ourselves on the outer of God's precious relationship and we found our, ourselves out in no man's land, struggling to make a life and of course sin had to be appeased and of course the law was introduced, prophets spoke and Jesus finally turned up, he is the word, in the beginning was the word and the word was God and he became the living manifested word and of course that in itself reintroduced God's plan for the planet, meaning that God's unadulterated will, purpose and plan, meted out, met, met out through the Lord, healing people, resolving, reconciling, kingdom coming, cities turned up, people's lives healed, transformed. All that is about God's word, and that is about God's word reinstating, reconciling, healing, reconstructing, building. It's all in God's Word. And the church is all about the Word of God. Now, the Word has a mission. We're on mission now. The Word has a mission. The second half of the reality of what church is, is community. We are a family. We are a church. But I'm going to tease out a little bit more of that as we get down the line. 
We are a community, and when we come into the life of the community, this community is supposed to shape us. Shape us out of being a totally individual. We love Lady Gaga because she's found herself in her individualism, her expression, her expression and her resoluteness to be who she is. We worship that, and she has many fans worldwide. But the identity that God wants for her, I believe, is far from that. Is that making sense? We find our identity in God. But we are, a lot of people in the world are asking who they are themselves. Who am I? Look, I don't care what God thinks I am. Thank you very much. I want to know who I am. I can write songs. I can wear colors. I can have this haircut. I can build my body up. I can look good. Look at me. Look at me. We have a lot of, in the last, Bible says in Peter, in the last days, people will be lovers of themselves. Look at me. Look at me. Like a two-year-old. Not even a two-year-old. No, it's more like teenagers, isn't it? Sorry, God. Sorry, teenagers. Um, and so, my, my proposition to you is that we don't find ourselves in ourselves. We find ourselves in God. And we find ourselves, when we're in the community called church, as sons and daughters. And, and the roles that we play, there's a big word, and the roles that we play in the church give us an identity of who we are. There's spiritual mums in the house. There's Pat, spiritual grandmother in the house. We need to respect her. There's Cam, real man. We need to respect him as father, provider. All of us have a role to play. Now this happens in the, in the Muslim faith, in the Muslim faith. When they come in, they have a role to play. They're very respectful to their family, very respectful to their fathers and grandfathers. Amen? The Asians are like that too. The Asians are known by the families that they abide in. They call it familyized. I don't know what that word means, but they are known they are known, not as individuals, because there's so many of them, but they are known by their family. Oh, that is such and such family. He belongs to such and such family. A lot of our contemporary Christian literature is, is proposition to the individual as a Christian, not to you as the church. Very few times in the New Testament that you will... Um, find something written to a Christian or a believer. It's always to the brother, my brothers, meaning that in your family, I'm speaking to you and your family, in this context, C3 Tugra. I'm speaking to Ollie, brother, I'm speaking to you. And when, we, and when that letter comes to you from the Apostle Paul and says brother to you, it means everyone. Brother, Straight away, that means you and all your brothers and sisters, not you as an individual. That's a powerful thing. The struggle is, and the cultural gap that is prevailing, and, and the challenge the church has to preach such a thing, 
is the fact that God is reconciling you into the family. No, 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 I just want to be saved and go to heaven. I don't want to, I don't want to do, I've already done family. It wasn't real good. My dad, my mom, my brother, sibling rivalry, and look, I don't even speak to my brothers and sisters, I don't even want to know about my dad and my mom, you know what? And so a lot of people end up in church and they don't want to do family. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, have I, uh, uh, just say amen or whatever, yeah, yeah. I'm going to wake you guys up this morning. I'm just going to keep provoking you till you wake up. Till one of you move. Till one of you blink. <laughs> um, so the church uh, appeases that. Who knows the church appeases a lot of our culture? I won't go there. I'll get myself into trouble. Um, the, the gospel's radical. The message is radical. Uh, I tend to be a bit radical. Is that cool? Uh, I, I am pastoral, but I, I believe that, that my, my fear of God trumps every fear of man. So, although I want to please you and pat you and stroke you and tickle your ears, something drives me to please God and believe in this vision Hey guys at the back, hey, the baby okay? New bubs in the house? Good stuff, Jeff and Katie. And uh, something drives me to believe in the dream and believe in the vision of the last prayer of Jesus in John 17. That, I, that he says this, that I pray for them that they may be one. All races, all demographic, societal, rich, poor, all that we would be one. I actually belonged to a church for a while where it was quite clicky. It was a good church, but just because of the nature of um, the society we're living in uh, and, and because of yeah, the place that where, where it was at, quite a, uh, quite a nice area, and um, it, it did unfortunately allow for this... Um, I guess, clickiness, that's the best way I can explain it. That's why I love C3 Tugra. <laughs> I mean, we've got airline pilots, we've got doctors, we've got uh, uh, dentists, we've got brokers, we've got business, and we're all just here, just hanging, man. We're just going, we don't give a rip. You know, we're just hanging, man, in, in this brotherly love. I love that. Don't you... And let's be honest, it happens in church. All, all the uh, professionals hang out here and all the blue collar here, the white collar there. and It can happen. Is that true? Have you been in church for a while and, 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 and agree that that can actually happen? All the good looking people are here. All the Okay, so over here. Uh, you know what I mean? All the fast runners here. All the unathletic people over here. All the musicians here and all the uncreative people there. That shouldn't happen. This is God's church, His family. And Jesus dignified everyone. And Jesus is our role model. So what is the church? It's the Word. We believe in the Word. That's why you're here, because you believe in the Word. You're honoring the Word. You want to see the Word go out and change society, displace darkness, and bring order. 
one of the key things um, from that, understanding that the church is birthed in the Word, um, I mean, it's, it's, it's built on the Word, but it is a family, is this. If we do that, it will glorify God, and I'm going to try and get to that at the end. Amen? So let's have a look at this. Of course, we know 2,000 years ago, God had a plan to build His church. So go, let's go to Ephesians uh, chapter 3, verse 10. Can I give you some scriptures this morning? Uh, take them down and uh, on your phone or on your pad, notepad and take them home with you and uh, they will really bless you. It's God's master project. I love it. It's God's vision for the church. That's the title of the, uh, the message, God's vision for the church. It's a little bit about what's happening. I believe the tension on the planet right now in the end times, God is trying to reconcile His church together, different parts belonging to each other, being the body of Christ, brothers and sisters working together, uh, doing what God wants to do through His church. So it says it like this in Ephesians 3.10, His intent, say His intent, was that now through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms, 3.11, according to His eternal purpose, which He accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord. Uh, what is the church? Okay, now hang on. What isn't the church? The church is not a building. Amen? The church is not an institution. It's not, a, it's not some sort of uh, just built on tradition and, and a doctrine. Uh, and the church is not some sort of, um, how did I put it? The church is not one particular nationalistic group like this group, that group, this country, the Jews, whatever. It's not. Actually, the word church in Greek means a people called out, I love this, church in the Greek means this, a people called out to a special meeting in the city to do God's purposes and plans. You like that? It's powerful. If we could only just get our head around that, to accomplish what God has for us. It's the object of his affection. We know that. Jesus said, and I will build my church. I love that. I just cannot say it enough. The challenge is, is that we're quite unruly. The challenge is that people don't quite want to get with the program of really belonging to each other, pulling together, giving together, partnering with each other, being discipled, mentored, being accountable, we don't want to do that. We just want to know more about who we are and what our salvation is about. Praise God, the Bible tells us a little bit about what our destiny is. Number one, a glorious church. Um, this, I struggle with this, uh, you know, I, I won't go to the scripture, but Ephesians 5.25, that this talks about the Bible saying in Ephesians that we are a, like, like a bride, but a, a, a bride without spot, without wrinkle. Do you know what I'm saying? It's like a bride. Okay, so men, if you would have saw my daughter Jamie and saw her working out every day. So we struggle with this symbolism sometimes that the church is the bride. And, and we're supposed to be spotless and without wrinkle. And... But if you would have saw Jamie preparing for her wedding, 
Man, she went on the strictest diet. She started to work out like crazy. I mean, she was running up and down our backyard. We've got a long backyard. Running up and down, sweating. She borrowed someone's running machine. Man, she is working out. She's cleaning. She's perfuming and defragging, whatever. She's <laughs> doing everything she can. Exfoliating, is it? Oh, sorry. <laughs> She's waxing. She's, anyway, too much information. But do you know what I mean? By the time of the wedding, this woman was without spot, without wrinkle. And you can, you went, I was there, man. But you look at the photos on Facebook, you can. And she was majestic. She was radiant pure and that's what the bible says the church is going to be like as we wind up into the last days the church will be without spot without wrinkle now that's a pretty tough because we're going to have to start working out in the word we're going to have to start to get some sanctification happening and doing away with stuff and the church has got to look like the church Exfoliate. <laughs> we might get some exfoliation rooms and some deliverance rooms, some healing rooms, and massaging and perfume and like Queen Esther, man, just 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 getting ready for Jesus. That that is actually some tough theology about what the church is. God the Father is preparing a church like a bride to be his eternal companion that's uh, number two a united church and, and it says that you know jesus prayed that the church made up of his disciples would be totally united in heart and purpose it says it in john 17 we'll go to that scripture later john 17 verse 20 and uh and he says i wish there'd be no division say no division no division in the church and he talks about this unity of the Spirit and unity of faith. Ephesians 4, 3. Ephesians 4, 3. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. Okay. Ephesians 4, 13 talks about faith. Until we all reach unity in the faith. Say faith. And in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. And third, this is what the church should look like. First one was a glorious church, without spot, without wrinkle. Second was the united church, united in faith and united in spirit. But the third one, a victorious church, so victorious that the gates of hell will not prevail against the army of the Lord. That means that we will just, man, create a base, a city, a church, a fellowship, an assembly, where God is so abiding that this place becomes like a just uh, just an awesome radioactive powerful emanating glory and and sound waves of glory and you know in the gospel into the schools and I'm loving what I'm hearing what's happening in Wyong High and the entrance and other high schools where this is actually happening yeah. and it's a beautiful thing that's what the church is it's not a church within four walls if we, if we have unity in the Spirit 
and unity in faith, this church will see amazing days. See how it's incumbent on us to have to do that. You might be pulling up a miracle happening because of disunity, dissension, division, gossip, slander, whatever. Surely you wouldn't. I was watching a video in Bethel Church, Bill Johnson's church, and the glory cloud turned up in the corner of the building. And people, this is on video, people would go, oh, everyone was just amazed in shock and awe and, and the glory. And it was like this uh, dust, gold dust emanating through the glory cloud. And people were looking at it and then supernatural things started to break out in the meeting. This is in Bill Johnson's church. You know, you heard of the band Jesus, what has helped me? Je- Jesus Culture. They're doing this. We've got to catch up and see this stuff happen. Supernatural outbreaks of God's Spirit in the church. It's what the world's looking for. So the church started off really well after Jesus did his redemption work. He returned to heaven, poured out the Holy Spirit on 120 praying disciples. Those disciples radically obeyed the commandments, the Word of God, and they turned the known world upside down. Things are going really well. But after a couple of generations, stuff started to happen. Uh, Compromise, uh, false doctrines started to be introduced to the church. They institutionalized the church and lost all the passion. Lost all the passion. See, that's passion, see? The passion! This ain't passion. 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 Now, it doesn't quite work. I've got to go, passion! Like, like if I try and say power, power. No, it doesn't work. Power! It comes from your spirit. Out of your belly will flow rivers of living water. That's why you've got to work out on your stomach. No, you've got to push out from your spirit. God's will. Passion. Jesus. Not passion. Jesus. That happens when you get a little bit just... Yeah. There's a lot... There's a, there's a, there's a Man. There's a, there's a lot more into this than what we realize. Of course, Jesus is into restoration. Thank you, Jesus. And of course, it says this in Haggai 2.9, and I love this. The glory of his present house will be greater than the glory of the former house, says the Lord Almighty. And in this place, I will grant uh, peace, declares the Lord Almighty. I love this. He's saving saving the, the best for last. It's happening as we speak. It's, uh, it's just such a privilege to be living in these days, truly. Um, Acts 3.19, let's all stand and just, let's all just stand where you are, just Acts 3.19, it says it like this, it says before Jesus will return, that this sort of stuff will begin to happen, Acts 3.19, and this is how he restores things, repent then, turn to God, so that your sins may be wiped out, that times of refreshing may come from the Lord, let's read that together, Acts 3.19, here we go, repent then, and turn to God, so that your sins may be wiped out, that times of refreshing may come from the Lord. 
and that he may send the Christ who has been appointed for you, even Jesus. He must remain in heaven until the time comes for God to restore everything as he promised long ago through his holy prophets. And the saints say, Amen. God bless you. You can take a seat just for a moment. 1 Peter 2.9 says, But you're a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God. We're belonging to God, belonging to a family. Not as individuals, we're belonging to a family. We're belonging to a church, we're belonging to each other. And you may declare the praises of Him who called you out of darkness into this wonderful light. I love this. This is enough to motivate me to believe this, this is true. I want to be the church. I've always been propelled by the fact the church can be the church. Imagine that. The church being the church. Imagine that, Luke. <laughs> In Ephesians, it says the church has seven natures, or there's seven pictures of the church. One is the assembly, another one is the body of Christ, another one is the workmanship, another one is the family. Number five is the temple, number six, the bride, and number seven is the army. We know what that was like as Crossroadians. We were like an army praying, declaring war on the enemy, pushing back darkness, taking ground for Jesus in people's lives and in the, in the city of, of Wyong. We were doing that. But you've got to have a balance. And right at the center of those seven descriptions is the word family. We need to be a family first and foremost. And then we can be those other pictures of what the book of Ephesians says the church is. Family is so important. Ephesians 2.18, for through him, through who? Jesus, we have access to the Father by one Spirit, three there, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. It says it in the, um, another version, it says, consequently, to um, Ephesians 2.19, consequently, you are no longer foreigners and aliens, but fellow citizens with God's people and members of God's household. What's a household? That's a family. We're members of God's household, the family of God. Ephesians 2.19. And of course, you can see this. The Father is very important. I'm just going to quick track now to understanding. Father God, all this is from you. We are from you. And it says in Ephesians 3.14, for this reason. See, in the Greek, family is very close to the word father. Father is very close to the word family. Family, father, father family and it says it like Ephesians 3 14 for this reason I kneel before the father 15 from whom his whole family in heaven and on earth derives its name and then you see Jesus who typifies to us what it means to be a son and what does he do he radically is obedient to God the father even through suffering let's just stop there this ain't easy peasy being a Christian. This, this, being a Christian is tough. Being obedient to God is tough. When you're giving, and there's no breakthrough. When you're worshiping, your prayers are not being answered. When your family is out of order and you've prayed, all that is somewhat suffering. The ultimate suffering is what you see in the guy that's in uh, Iran, I think now, the pastor, he's, he's in a jail cell no bigger than 
a little box. He, he, he really is suffering. He's not denying, they want him to deny Christ, deny being a Christian, he will not. He's got a beautiful family back in America and the Iran, Iran has got him and they've got him in this box. He, he really is suffering. But in that, he's proving himself as a son to God. He ain't backing down. I'm not letting go. It's, and people fall out of God's kingdom because they don't want to suffer some injustice, some heartache or some misgiving or I'm going to walk out of this family and it happens in the natural all the time. How many of your brothers and sisters have walked away from your family and they're estranged from you? I'm only just getting my brothers back now after so many years of us just going... My brother to the Blue Mountains, another one up north, another one over here, and never the twain shall meet. But do you know what's happening? If you've seen my Facebook, God saved my brother in this church two years ago. Found his wife in this church through Gail's friend. They got married, became a Christian. My other brother came to church unsaved, did an altar call. He's sitting right there where, near Sarah, and I'm doing the altar call and sweat cascading down his face, shaking. He didn't know what it was. I, th I really thought he was going to get saved. Went back home having lunch and I knew he was not right. He was, he's usually very talkative. And he said to me when everyone had left the table, he said, what was happening to me in your church when you were giving that altar call? I said, that was God speaking to you. You should have given your life to the Lord. He said, I couldn't control it. I was shaking inside. I was sweating. I said, brother, you can be my spiritual brother, but you've got to give your life to Jesus. He's our big brother. See, Father God said, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. God the Father says, we are here. We are his sons and daughters, sons. Jesus is our big brother. Father God, you are Father God. Holy Spirit, you love us completely and surround us. This is a family thing. We are brothers and sisters in Christ. I want to read a couple of scriptures. And, um, and I think it's powerful. Some people need this. Let's all stand. You had enough of sitting. And I believe the foundation of family is knowing the Father, intimately God the Father, realizing we're blessed by the Father. Uh, Jeremiah 31.3 says this, my Father loves me with an ever, I'll just, I'll just quote this statement, my Father loves me with an everlasting love. I have never not been loved by Him. Jeremiah 31.3, the Lord appeared to us in the past saying, I have loved you with an everlasting love. I have drawn you with loving kindness. This is Father God speaking to you. Next, my father loves me so much that he gave his only son to die for me so that I might have his love and know his love. John 3:16. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Next, my father loves me so much that he wants to express his love and affection to me. John 16:27. No, the Father himself loves you because you have loved me and have believed that I came from God. 
Nothing can separate me, not even my faults, from God's love for me. Romans 8.38 For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any other powers, neither height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. My Father loves me just as much He loves His Son. John 17, 23, I and them, you and me, may they be brought to complete unity to let the world know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. Even when I have sinned, Father loves me and asks me to sit beside him. Ephesians 2, 4, but because of his great love for us, God who is rich in mercy made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved, 2.6, and God raised us up with Christ and seated us with Him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. My Father wants me to overflow with His love, Ephesians 3.19, and to know His love, to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. I love it. Next. Even when I am wounded, my Father sees me as beautiful and takes pleasure in me. And I'll say that again for some people in the house. Even when I am wounded, my Father sees me as beautiful and takes pleasure in me. Psalm 149 verse 4. For the Lord takes pleasure in His people. He will beautify the afflicted ones with salvation. That is in the NASB, the New American Standard Version. And the last one. The last one is this, my father's thoughts towards me are always good and filled with hope for me. Jeremiah 29 verse 11, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. And I'll say it again, for I know the plans I have for you, declares Father God, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you hope and our future and the saints say father yeah let's just give it up come on Woo! father in heaven we just come before you now and we know that you are our father we kneel before you and we say lord god we have been adopted your word says we've been adopted into your family and we're not orphaned we're not just individuals living a lonely life. You didn't save us to be individuals. You saved us into a family. So Lord, right now I pray that this church would always have grace for people to feel that they belong to the family of God worldwide, but to this family, C3 Tugra, and to each other, brothers and sisters in Christ. And so Lord, I pray and I believe that Father God, as anyone steps past the threshold of the doors of this church that they would feel the great love of the father who loves them unconditionally who loves them completely Jesus would you save their souls Holy Spirit would you empower them to stand as your glorified victorious majestic, wonderful, glorified church and the saints say, Amen. Father in heaven right now, forgive us Lord God if we've been 
separated from our family members. Forgive us, Lord God. Hey, I got something right now. The Lord's just... First in the natural, the Bible says in Corinthians, then the Spirit. Father, we forgive our brothers and sisters. Some of you are upset with your brother, your sister. Some of you are upset with your father, your mother. Lord, right now, I just pray with eyes closed. Jesus, I forgive my father, my mother, my husband, my wife. I forgive my brother. I forgive my sister. I forgive my family for all the sibling rivalry. I forgive my father for, Lord, riling me up at times and getting me frustrated and thinking I wasn't good enough. And, and I forgive my mother, Lord God. I just forgive. Although I believe, my God, mothers are so precious, so beautiful. They do their best with what they have. And I believe the mothers ultimately can't function properly a lot of the times because the father doesn't stand up and be the father in the home and in the family. So Father, I pray real men would rise up in this house, real husbands that would take, be the priest of the home and introduce all the great stuff of heaven into the family, into the children, all the encouragement, all the blessings, all the love, all the, all the, all the preciousness of our gospel and of our God let it flow through the men of the household. Let it flow to the wife. The Bible says we should cleanse our wives by the word of God. We should cleanse our wives and they should be radiant and beautiful, our wives. Cleansed of all the wear and tear of life. Cleansed of all the bitchiness of life. Cleansed to be beautiful in the sight of you, God, and in the sight of their husbands and friends. and friends. So, Father, right now, we pray for healthy families for C3 Tugger. We pray for children to be raised up in this house. We pray for generational blessings. I don't know if you know the actor, Baker, what's his name? A mentalist. He just got a star in Hollywood. Simon Baker. And he stood, he's one of the highest paid television actors in America now. He's from the North Coast, good Aussie guy. And he stood there. And uh, he's just really, really chuffed and choking back uh, tears. And he said, this is for my children. My cup runneth over. Oh, man, I read that article. I just cried. Meaning, I do this for my children. This success is about my children. What I do and the ground I make and the accolades I receive, I do it for my children. And we do this church for our children. We do this church for our children's children. We are a generational church. We are family. We are not individuals. We are brothers and sisters in Christ. We have spiritual parents, grandmothers, grandfathers in the spirit. We have fathers in the spirit. You need to step up into your roles, body of Christ, and you need to outwork who you are. That's who you are in Christ. Some of you are strong sisters in Christ that need to get along other sisters in Christ. Young girls coming into the Lord only, you know, just a few weeks. They need a good strong sister like you, Chrissy, coming alongside them and saying, you know what, sis, it's not easy. It's going to be tough, but you can do it. They need sisterhood. They need brotherhood. 
You, sir, you need to stand up. You, sir, you need and be the brother. You need to be the big brother in this house and come alongside these other younger brothers. I know for me at school, I only ever uh, think I remember one altercation I had at, at school. And, and, I, my, and I was about 12. My sister came up to me. She was about six, five or six, just started school. She said, that kid, that boy's picking on me. And I was a boy my age. And I tell you what, I'd never lost my temper in my whole life. But something rose up inside me. As soon as I saw him, I just took a flying putty duck and I hit the brick wall of the school building. And the Lord <laughs> allowed that, I'm sure. And I just brazed all my knuckles completely off. I've still got the scars to this day showing Andrew. And, but I remember what triggered that off. Why? Because I'm normally a peace, peaceful guy. What? You touch my sister. You touch my brother. You touch, and, and when people try and touch you, I come against them in Jesus' name. When people, when the devil tries to touch your life and harm you and hurt you and downtrod you and oppress you and hurt you, I come against it in Jesus' name. This is, this is, this is family. We protect our young girls, men. We protect our sons and mums. Just nurture, just nurture these beautiful people do what you do best but we are family we are family we are family and guess what we are family in eternity we're not just family now do you know what here's something challenging Jesus mentioned so many scriptures where spiritual family trumps biological family That's another message, but we're supposed to honor each other as much as we honor our, our natural families. We're supposed to honor the family of God. Jesus, right now we come to you. Let's listen to Jesus. We hope you enjoyed listening to this message. For more information on what you've just heard or how to visit us, go to c3talgra.org.au. We hope to see you at church soon.